1 Kings, the 8th chapter, and reading in the 22nd verse, 1 Kings 8 and 22, Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel, spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Like to drop to the 26th verse, and he said, And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spakest unto thy servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of the heaven cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and unto his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today, that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Amen. Let me read one more verse. And said, And hearken unto the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Thank God. Solomon had built him a house. I, I suppose David had built a house. But there was a desire in David's heart that there be a house built for the Lord. There be a tabernacle. There be some place that would be built for, as a house for God. Amen. That was the, David's desire. And David wasn't able to do it because of the blood that had been shed. Amen. But Solomon was able to build this house. And Solomon had built the house. And now he's praying a prayer and asking God, Would you inhabit this place? Would you dwell in this place? He said, I understand that, that this house couldn't contain the Lord, seeing that the heaven and the heavens of the heavens could not contain this great one. Amen. But yet he longed to have a place where God would dwell, where the Spirit of the Lord would be, where the help of God would be, so that when people would come, that they would pray, and God would hear their prayers. Amen. That uh, said, when they would cry unto you, said thine eyes would be open to this house night and day toward this place of that which thou hast said, my name shall be there. Amen. That when somebody would come needing forgiveness, he said in the 30th verse, said that the Lord, in other words, would hear, thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest forgive. Thank God. Amen. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have a place such as that? A place where the Spirit of God dwells. A place where the Spirit of God moves and people can come and the ear of the Lord would be open unto that place. He would hear and answer prayer. Solomon went on to say that if there would come a time that uh, they uh, err from the Lord and they would be carried away into another country, that in their captivity that they would look back to that place, that house of the Lord. Amen. I'd like to go over now to the ninth chapter. 
And this is where that God began to answer Solomon's prayer. Ninth chapter of First Kings said it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever. Mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever as I have promised to David thy father saying there shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel but if ye shall at all turn from following me ye or your children and will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them. And this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all the people. Amen. And at this house which is high, everyone that passeth it shall be astonished, and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done this unto the land and unto this house? That's probably far enough. But here Solomon had prayed, Lord, I've built you a house. I've built a place. I want you to inhabit it. I want your spirit to be there. I'd like for your ear to be open unto their cries of the people. I'd like for your spirit to be dwelling in the midst of this place. I like for it to be, Lord, that when someone has trespassed, they could come and here they could find forgiveness and they could find the help of the Lord. And the attention of God would be there perpetually, every day, night and day, that the Spirit of the Lord, the attention of God would be upon that place. That was Solomon's desire. And the Lord began to answer Solomon and he said, I will be there. He said, I have had... I've listened, I've heard your prayer in the third verse. The Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made for before me. I've hallowed this place. In other words, I've made it holy. I have inhabited this place. It is a holy place. Amen. Thank God what a blessing it'd be to have a place that God would say, I have hallowed this place. I have inhabited this place. I put my spirit there. I gave it my attention. I'll be there day and night. I'll have. And when the people of God need my help, I'm going to be there to help them. But he went on to speak a little farther. And he said, nevertheless, if you turn from serving God, if you begin to defile this place, I'll not be there any longer. But this house will become a hissing. And then when people pass by this place, they're not going to see the glory of God there. They're not going to see the Spirit of God there. But with astonishment, they'll look upon the house of God and say, why has this house been left desolate? Why is it in such a place? 
Thank God the Lord said, I'll dwell there. I'll hallow it. I'll make it a holy place. But if you defile this place, I'll not be there. I'd like to tell you we're serving a holy God. We're serving a very holy God. And He don't dwell in unclean places. He don't dwell in unclean temples. If they'll hallow it and we'll keep it sanctified, God will dwell. But if we fail to do that, He will depart from it. He'll cast it away. Amen. Oh, I feel like preaching this morning. <laughs> I feel such a burden on my heart. I don't know if I can preach where I can't need to. In Second Chronicles, the 29th chapter, and reading in the first verse, Amen. Mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. He in it in the first year of his reign, in the first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east street. And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord your God, your Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place our fathers had trespassed and done that which was evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and had turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned away their backs or turned their backs also they have shut up the doors of the porch and put out the lamps that have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem. He hath delivered them into trouble to astonishment and to hissing as you see with your eyes. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword and our sons and our daughters. Our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel and that his fierceness may be, his fierce wrath may be turned away from us. My sons, be not now negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that ye should minister unto him and burn incense. Here I read to you where Solomon had built the temple, and asked God to inhabit it, asked God to dwell in it. But we look a few years down the road, maybe a couple hundred years down the road, and we find here that the fathers had turned away, just like God said, if you turn away, then I'm going to depart from you. Amen. Hey, let me just read it here. Amen. He said in the sixth verse, said your fathers had trespassed, done that which was evil, and said they had forsaken him and turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord. They turned away. They turned away. And God said that if you turn away from me, if you at all in any wise turn away from me, then I'll leave you. And here we find such a sad situation. We find the house of God. It seemed like that the doors must have been shut up. That they must have been almost fastened closed. Because here we find a King Hezekiah that had wanted to turn his heart to God. And he had to go open the house of God. Had to open the doors and repair them. It must have been a place that was desolate. 
It must have been a place that had been run down where the doors no longer operated like they should have. Must have been a closed up place. What an awful situation to be when God said this is the place that I will inhabit. This is the place where my glory shall dwell. And yet because they had turned away from God and iniquity was found, we found a house that had been deserted, that had been left alone. Amen. And here Hezekiah says, Oh, let's open up the house of God. Let's repair the doors of the temple. But then he began to talk to the priest and he says, To the Levites, he said, Sanctify yourselves. Clean yourselves up. This is a holy God. This is a sanctified God. This is a holy one that we're serving. And if you're going to minister before him, you'll need to sanctify yourself. And then he went in and said, let's go into the temple and let's sanctify the house of God. Let's clean it up. Amen. Let's take all the filthiness out of it. He said in the fifth verse, hear ye me, ye Levites. Sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry forth filthiness out of the holy place. Hezekiah was desiring to make room for God and his spirit to move back into that place. He said, sanctify yourselves. Carry forth out the filthiness out of this place. Get rid of all the filthiness. Why? Because I've got a desire for that Shekinah glory, for that glory that used to be here, that glory that our fathers used to feel when they prayed unto God. Amen. That that we used to be able to have access to. I'm desiring that that glory would find another resting place here. So therefore, take this uncleanness out. Get rid of the filthiness. I'd like to tell you, this holy God will not dwell in unclean places. Amen. He'll not dwell in places. Amen. Where filthiness is. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful for the God of heaven to be able to inhabit a place. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we find Hezekiah a little while later in 2 Kings, the 19th chapter. This is the same, same uh, reading, but it's Rolling Kings instead of Chronicles. A little bit different writer in 2 Kings, uh, the 19th chapter, and reading in the 35th verse. It came to pass, uh, uh, let me just bring us to this point. Amen. There was a king of Assyria that came up against the people of God, that came up against Israel and Judah, and he took most of the fifth cities, and he sent messengers unto Jerusalem, and he said and told Hezekiah, said, you send me your gold, and he began to measure it out. I want so many talents of gold. I want so many talents of silver. I want this to be brought unto me. Amen. And Hezekiah feared before the king of Assyria. He feared before Sennacherib. And he said, he gave him, he made the payment. He sent the, the gold and the silver, but that did not suffice the king of Assyria. And so he came back again. He began to make his boast. He said, I took this city, I took that city, and their God was not able to deliver them. Their God was not able to help them. And this city will be just like one of those. Amen. And Hezekiah, when he read the letter, he rent his clothes. He got down up leaving sackcloth and ashes. 
Amen. And began to call upon the face of God. He took the letter and he laid it out before Amen. the Lord there in the house of the Lord. What are you telling us? Amen. I'm saying here's the king that desired that God would be among them. Here's the king that desired to repair the house of God. That God would be among them. Here's a king that was willing to try to sanctify the temple and to put out all the filthiness and to tear down the altars of Baal to destroy the images and the groves. And here now, Hezekiah's in trouble. What is going to happen now? Is God going to be there or is it not? Is God going to deliver or is it not? We find a few months before that, we find that the kings came down against Israel and they took captives of the people and they destroyed them because God was not among them. Amen. Praise the Lord. I need the guidance of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. I'd like to tell you this morning, you have got an adversary. You may not realize it, but the brother preached to us last night about those awful spirits that's longing to get at your soul. You've got an enemy out there. He's lurking around out there. There's going to be a day that you're in a battle. There's going to be a day that you're going to be facing the enemy. I mean, what then? Is God going to be with you or not? Praise the Lord. And then Hezekiah began to talk to God. Hey Lord, you see what this king has said he's going to do. Now, what are you going to do about it, God? Amen. Let me read to you just a little bit. In the 35th verse, he said, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. That's a hundred and eighty-five thousand men were slain that day. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of uh, Assyria, departed and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that uh, Adramelech and Sherezer, his son, smote him with the sword. And they escaped into the land of Armenia. And uh, Ezar Hadan, his son, reigned in his stand. What are you saying? I'm saying God and Hezekiah made a place for God to dwell. He made a habitation. I knew this message would take me a while this morning. Maybe that's why the Lord let me have it a little bit early. Amen. But now Hezekiah's facing the enemy. But he takes it to the house of God. He takes it into that place where he had beckoned for the Spirit of God to dwell. And he lays the letter before God. Now are you going to be here or not, God? And we find that the angel of the Lord came down. And he went into the camp of the Assyrians. And there he slayed 185,000 men. And the king of Assyria went back defeated that day. And died in the house of his gods at home. Amen. Why? Because somebody had found the grace of God. And the Lord had moved back in close to him. Praise the Lord. Oh, that wasn't the only enemy he faced. A few days later, amen, in the 20th verse, 20th chapter, he said, In those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which was good in thy sight. And Hezekiah went sore. And it came to pass before Isaiah was gone out to the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, 
return again. Tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, of his, thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. Thank God. I'd like to tell you, you're going to face it one of these days. You're going to face an adversary out there. You're going to face an enemy that's going to come against your soul. Amen. Not necessarily just if you backslide, but we've got an adversary church. We've got some battles that we're going to have to face before we get out of this place. It's going to probably get worse and worse. We've got battles to face. I'd like to tell you it'd behoove us to have the ear of God and listening to us. It'd behoove us to have the attention of God looking our way. Amen. Hezekiah began to pray a prayer. And here I find confidence in Hezekiah's prayer. Amen. He's a saying, God, you see the way that I've walked. You see the way that I've done. He didn't say all the words that he said here. Amen. Possibly, but I got to thinking. I wondered if he didn't say, Lord, you see how I sanctified the house of God. You see how I tore down the images and the groves. You see how I sought your face, Lord. Now what are you going to do for me? Amen. And before Isaiah even got out of the course of the palace, amen, the Lord spoke to him and said, Go back. I've heard what Hezekiah had to say. I've been listening to his prayer. I've been over there close to him. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. There's been times in the middle of the night when my children woke me up and said, Daddy, I'm needing prayer. Amen. I'm sick. I got a headache or whatever it might have been. And I knew we was in trouble. Amen. There was a day that my son fell off of the ladder and the employee brought him to me, hold him in his hand. Amen. He fell off and hit his head on the concrete. Well, what are you going to do now? Oh, it'd be a sad time to not have God listening unto you. Hey. Hezekiah said, Lord, you see how I've done? You see how I've uh, cleansed your place for you to dwell? Amen. And God heard his prayer and moved for him that day. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I want you to know we're needing the God of heaven to inhabit this place of worship right here. <laughs> we're needing it. Our children is needing the God of heaven to inhabit this place that we worship. Forgive me this morning. I'm going to try to take my time and preach the way I feel this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. There was a time in Moses' day that the priests went before the presence of God. They went into the temple of God. They went into the holiest of holies to minister before God. Amen. But there were some things they had to do. They didn't just walk in there. This was a holy place. This was a place that God of heaven inhabited. You see, when God called Moses out of Egypt, amen, when he was walking through the desert there, he seen the bush of burning with fire, and he heard the voice out of it, and he went to stand before the burning bush, and God spoke out of the bush to him and said, Moses, take your shoes off for the place you're standing on. This is a holy place. This is a hallowed place. The place that God dwells, let me tell you, it's a hallowed place. The place that God inhabits. It is a holy place. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, before you allow the priest to come in and minister unto me, 
They're going to have to have some things that they do. They're going to have to take some of this blood. Amen. This blood of this sacrifice. And they're going to have to sprinkle it on them. They're going to have to purify themselves. They're, they can't just come walk into the presence of the Lord without being sanctified. They can't just come walking into the presence of God. This is a hallowed place. This is a place where my spirit is. And they're not allowed to just come walking in. Amen. They're going to have to go up and wash themselves in that basin. And they're going to have to be sprinkled. They'll have to have their garments on just right. Amen. Why? Because we're going into the presence of God. <laughs> this is a fearful thing. This is a hallowed thing. Amen. And you see, they had the bells that was put on the hems of their garments around about. Amen. Why? Because that the congregation could hear as the priest went into the presence of God. They could hear them bells as they began to tinkle and they began to work. And they knew that their that God had accepted the sacrifice of the priest and God had had respect under his sacrifice. But you know what them bells were for also? They were because that sometimes a priest would go in not being sanctified and not being holy before God and not doing it just like God said to do it. And so therefore, they would listen for the sound. And if the tinkling of the bell stopped, they knew that God had not had recompense under them. And God had slain the priest at the altar. And then history records that they had a cord fastened to that priest that they could pull him out of that holy place without having to go in lest they also die. I'm talking about a holy place. I'm talking about a holy God. Hey, he's going to dwell in a high and a holy habitation. Woo! <laughs> he's a holy God. He's a holy God. He's still holy today. His habitation will be holy. The place that he walks will be sanctified. The place, woo, the place that he inhabits will be sanctified and holy. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I'm glad when I was a little boy. Amen. I heard the tinkling of the bells. <laughs> oh, oh, amen. As the ministers begin to preach the gospel. Amen. And all, it's all of a sudden, their voice began to change. A tone, I couldn't tell you what it was, but something about their voice began to change. And I said, in my heart, God has had re recompense. He's had regarded this minister. He is listening to this cry. Amen. And I heard the tinkling of the bells. Tinkling of the bells. Woo! <laughs> Amen. Did you know that even these little ones can hear the tinkling of the bells? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Dakota, I noticed him last night during altar service. He's over here weeping in a crime. Amen. You think he really heard everything that was said? Amen. You think he's paying attention and heard everything that was said? Probably not. But there's something about that tinkling. <laughs> and something about that God is attention. I've been sitting in the house of God when I was a little boy. I didn't really know what the preacher was saying. The tears began to stream down my face as I heard the tinkling of the bell. Woo! <laughs> 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 
seeing this holy God, when you get to seeing how hallowed he is, you might say like Isaiah says, why well, because I've seen the holy God that I serve. Woo! Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many people, how many churches, amen, used to hear that tinkling used to feel that anointing. But today, come back, God, in until no longer. Amen. Could we feel that tinkling of the sound? Come no longer. We can feel that grace of God. And some have turned to many things. Some have turned to illustrations. Some have turned to many things to hold that that they had. But brother, the problem is, is that God no longer inhabits that place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I feel, I feel the grace of God here this morning. Wouldn't it be sad? Wouldn't it be sad? Amen. I guess I need to slow down. Amen. Isaiah, amen. Eli was, as God dwelt in that holy place. Amen. You don't have to stand with me if you don't want to. I still got a long ways to go. This is the place that God dwelt. This is where the glory came down. This is where the Spirit of God was. Amen. But there came a day. You know, there's a lot of people that'll stand against sin. As long as it ain't little Johnny. As long as it ain't little Susie. As long as it ain't your nephew. Amen. Or your niece or your daughter. Amen. Or your grandchild. They'll stand against sin and evil and worldliness. Amen. But when it becomes the children, sometimes they fail to stand against it. Amen. But Eli, the Lord spoke to him and said, Eli, your sons are committing evil in the house of God. What are you going to do about it, Eli? Amen. Your sons are committing evil. Amen. And adultery in the house of God. Are you going to put it out, Eli? I believe more than once God spoke to him and said, Do away with it. Purge this place. Cleanse this place. I'll not dwell in this place. Amen. Oh, but Eli failed to hearken unto the voice of God. Amen. As a few days later, a few months later, they went out to battle. You see, here we are again at the battle. Here we're needing God to move. And they were smitten before the Philistines. You know what they got to doing? They got to looking for the help of God. That's what you're going to do. I don't know where you're going to be. But when you fall in trouble, you're going to start looking for God. Woo! 
don't know where if you're going to be in a hog pen. I don't know if you're still going to be sitting on the church house pews. But when you get in a battle, when you get to facing the devil, you're going to start looking for the glory of God. All at once you're going to say, where's God at? <laughs> Tell you what we need, they said. We need the Ark of the Covenant. That's where God is. I mean, God is going to be there if we bring that ark in. And so they sent for the Ark of the Covenant. They said, bring it into the camp. And oh, when they began to bring it into camp, they thought this will do it. And they shouted with a great shout. Amen. For the Lord, they said, is among us. Oh, but was he? Amen. No. Why? Because. Amen. We find a little while later, there was a child born after the enemy had destroyed them. And Hophni had been slain in battle. And Phinehas had been slain in battle. And the messenger came back to the prophet, to the minister of God, and said, Amen. Hophni and Phinehas had been slain in battle. Amen. And here they are. And we're smitten and defeated before the Philistines. And Eli fell off of the wall and broke his neck. Amen. And there was a child born a little while later. Amen. But through distress and anguish, you know what they named that child? Ichabod. <laughs> Woo! Well, I call this one Ichabod because the glory of the Lord has departed. Oh, what a sad day. Oh, what a sad day. Amen. Thank God the Lord was already working to raise up somebody that would stand against evil. God was already working. He said, Evil happened and went out. Amen. In the temple, God spoke to Samuel. Amen. And Samuel answered his call. But I'm here to tell you that God will depart in uncleanness and sin. God will not stay in an unclean place. Amen. Jesus went into the temple. Amen. And Matthew, he went into it. Amen. And began to look around. Amen. And his zeal overcame him that day. And he began to throw over the money to exchanger. He threw over the table. Amen. He took him us and took him a whip. I'm talking about a loving Savior here. But he knew that if the glory of the God of heaven was going to rest there, that this other couldn't be involved in it. This other couldn't be associated with it. And he took a whip and drove them out of the temple. And he said, this is to be called a house of prayer. This is the house of God. This is the place where God's Spirit is to dwell. But you have made it a den of thieves. And then look what all you brought into here. He began to cleanse the temple that God could move again. Amen. I'm not here to preach to you this morning. Amen. That we have made this place a den of thieves. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, I feel like that we're needing to work on sanctifying the house of God and honoring the habitation of God where His Spirit dwells and where God would be want to move among us. Amen. I told you I've got a long ways to go. Amen. I've known for a while. Amen, that I would need to preach along these lines. And I'm glad that the Lord helped me. I said, Lord, this morning I told him, I said, Lord, if I don't even feel your help, if I don't even feel your grace, I'm going to try to be willing to preach what you'd have me to preach. Amen. I like to tell you, God is not happy with immodesty in the house of God. Amen. God is not pleased with immodesty in the house of God. Amen. If we accept immodesty, the Spirit of God will leave. 
Amen. If we open the doors to modesty, amen, the Spirit of God will leave this place. Amen. Glory to God. I like to tell you that everything is not immodest. Amen. Some things are immodest upon suggestion. Amen. Some clothes are made. Maybe they don't expose things that are immodest. I'm trying to be careful the way that I say it. But there are some clothes that they may not expose too much. But the way they are made or the way that they are worn is immodest. Amen. And it's not pleasing to God. Amen. If we don't stand against something, I like to tell you. Amen. Let me just say here first. Amen. To the, to the young men. Just because you have a t-shirt on. Amen. Even if it's a high one. Amen. Don't mean that it's modest to leave your shirt unbuttoned. Amen. Not even two or three buttons. I don't care what it's exposing. It's immodest by suggestion. Amen. Would you hear me today? It's immodest by suggestion. And God is not pleased in it. I've been there, brother, when I've looked for God's help. I've been there in the battle, and I said, God, where you at? I'm looking for you now. I want you now. But, oh, don't you want to live in a way that when we need the grace of God, amen, we can say like Hezekiah, Lord, you know the way that I've walked. You know the way that I've lived. You know the way that I've done, God, and now I'm expecting you to move for me. Amen. Praise God. I thank the Lord for helping me this morning. I don't know how it'd be, but amen. I like to tell the, the sisters, too, with all the love that I can tell you. Amen, young sisters. Amen. I don't care what you got underneath. A blouse unbuttoned two or three times is immodest by suggestion. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to do? I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I'm trying to make a hallowed place around here. I'm trying to make a place for that Chicago... the house of God do you respect it do you come to the house of God with honor amen amen what know you not that your temple is the amen that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost amen you know why you got to get sanctified before you get the Holy Ghost that comes first because the Holy Ghost will never and make that indwelling until all the evil has been put out, until all has been put under the plot, until all has been sanctified, until all has been made holy and clean, and then your vessel is open and clean for the Spirit to take his abode. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want to be too hard here, but I'm telling you, it's a shame and a disgrace to the house of God for us to start church night after night after night with only about a third of the people here and the rest come in when they get ready. It's a shame. There's no honor for the house of God when it's that way. Amen. I believe you're going to love me when I get done. I trust you are. But if you don't, let me declare the gospel to you anyway. Amen. This is the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Corinthians he said, don't you know that you have houses to eat in? Amen. Why disgrace ye the church? 
I could read it to you. Why bring a disgrace to the church? You've got houses to eat in. It's a disgrace to go to the store and buy a candy bar and come back here in the Sunday school rooms or back here in the back and sit there and eat red hot. Amen. Or Snickers candy bars while the ministers are trying to minister the word of God. It's a disgrace to the house of God. Woo! Amen. This has been a little bit hard for me with my son a diabetic. Amen. There's times that he has to eat on a certain time. But I've tried to enforce it. I've tried to let my wife know that he needs to go back or out when he eats the crackers that he's got to eat. You forgive me if it's not always been that way. But I believe there's a way that we ought to sanctify the house of God. This is a place where God dwells. This is a place where the Spirit of God moves. This is a place where His holy feet walk. Amen. 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 His holy feet, His high and holy feet, are not going to tread on unsanctified places. Woo! Amen. I hope you don't feel like I'm always on the young ladies. Amen. Let me just say here for the record. Amen. Cutting your sideburns off, plumb up to here. Amen. As of the world. And leaving them down here to conform to the world. Is of the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. I like to tell you, young ladies. Amen. That skirts that are too tight to walk comfortably in are immodest. Amen. Amen. And we're not, we don't have to just say, point out. Amen. The, the, the Bible says this or that, they're immodest. Amen. I like to tell you, skirts that are too tight. And I'll just tell you, there's some that some of the young sisters have been wearing. Amen. Are entirely too tight. Amen. When you nearly have to hop to get up on the stage, they're too tight. Amen. What are you saying? It don't belong up here. It don't belong past these altars. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I trust. I said sometimes when it's your children, it's different. I trust that when my children get of age and they don't do what daddy preaches. Amen. Amen. Don't live like daddy says to live. God, give me grace to say, son, I still want you to come to church, but if you ain't going to dress like daddy says to dress, if you ain't going to live holy, if you ain't going to dress holy, if you're not going to dress modest, your place is no farther than the front bench. Right here is where you come. Amen. You don't play the drums. You don't play the guitar. Oh, this is a holy place. This is a holy habitation. We want to keep it clean. We want the grace of God to move. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You think Dakota, with the opportunity to watch television every day, and to see and hear the filth and ungodliness of this world has any chance. Amen. I believe he does. How? By that same grace, that tinkling that we heard last night. Woo! If the glory of God would fall, if the Spirit of God would begin to move, if the power of God would put this place, the grace of God would move among us every chance that they can go. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Mark said we might be in the battle. I want you to know if you can't believe it for yourself, believe it for me. The glory of God has not departed from where we've been. <laughs> well, hey, 
If you can't get a hold of it for yourself, if you can't feel it for yourself, let me tell you, according to the saints of God and the witness of the Holy Ghost, He's been among us when we pray. But what I don't want is to see the day when I looked around for the Spirit of God. I listened for the heat tinkling of the sound and it was all dead and quiet and I couldn't feel the grace of God and I couldn't feel His anointing. Amen. The altar is open while I preach. If you'd like to come, I'm about through. <laughs> Amen. Oh, can you feel? Can you feel the holiness of the Lord? Can you feel how precious He is? Can you feel how hallowed and holy He is? <laughs> Isaiah was a minister, but when he began to see the holiness of God, he said, "My lips are unclean." My lips are unclean. Did you know that they made provisions? Somebody get us a song. They made provisions for the priest. He said, you make this garment such and such way that when they make that ascent up that stairway that they'll not be immodest, that their nakedness won't appear. You make the garment where that it'll take care of that. Why? I believe in modesty. I believe God intends for it to be modest. Amen. We're going up to worship God. Amen. He said, you make their garments where their nakedness don't appear as they go up. Amen. Canaan received. Amen. Canaan received a curse that followed him to this day, his generation, because he discovered the nakedness of his father. Amen. We're serving a holy God. We're serving a hallowed God. What was it? The angels that came and visited Sister Abbas? Amen. She said what she noticed about it. Said they was wearing uniform. And said their button was buttoned up plumb to here. And their cuff was buttoned down to here. Amen. The angels that came to visit. I'm talking about a holy God. Amen. I'm here to tell you, God, this is a hallowed place. Oh, we want to see experiences, aren't we? We're wanting to see God saved. I looked for that power last night as Billy prayed. I don't know where all he got, but I look for that glory. I look for that power. I'm looking for the grace of God. Don't you want to create such a habitation that the glory of God would settle down among us? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. While they sing, the altars is open. Praise the Lord. I like to say right here, the house of God is no place, amen, to take naps and to get rest. That's a place for home. That's hell of this temple of God. That the glory of God would move among us. That the Spirit of God would be among us and His help would be among us while they sing. The altars is open. You'd like to come.